Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. We are back for season three. It's your boy, Jared Clem, your fearless co-host, and my main number two, Mr. Kevin Langley. What we up? are back. We've got All-Star. We, we missed the trade deadline, I know, but, you know, me and Kevin were on vacation. But, you know, kind of good. We got the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, we talk basketball enough, but we really don't really get into it much until, uh, you know, March. But, uh, yeah, we had, a you know, XFL's kicked off. It's not, not a terror. Me and Kevin have already announced our allegiances. And so is Savannah, ironically. And, I announced my allegiance months ago. Yeah, well, also because our boy Sawyer was, you know, the, like running that charge right with you. So, Hey, Sawyer and I are St. Louis Battlehawks fans. Lifelong. New York Guardians, baby. I had to root for some New York team at least once in my life. So, um, And we got some NFL news. So let's get rock and roll here. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, Steve Peralt, friend of the show. All you guys loved when we came on last year. He basically told me how I was a genius for th- – not a genius, but he told me I was intelligent enough to think the Diamondbacks were not going to be a, a last-place team like a uh, disgraced former guest Jack O'Hara said. I don't think Jack's really disgraced. I just think he's just more like he's on his own wavelength now. But we're going to talk some baseball. We'll talk at Houston Astros. We'll talk Red Sox because he, you know, hosts a Section 10 podcast. So, you know, he, he's going to want to talk Sox. Him and Kevin are probably going to com- – it'll be complaining for about five, ten minutes and me – bragging how my team actually has some hope and some promise for the first time in five years. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up. Raphael Haynes, three-point conversion, might stop be stopping by soon. And a couple other guests. It's going to be a fun next couple weeks until the draft. First off, uh, Kev, last weekend was All-Star Weekend. Uh, we had the Rising Stars game, which uh, Zion dominated. No surprise there. Him and John Morant were just doing crazy things and dunks. And it just – it was par for the course. Uh, we had – the three-point shootout, which Buddy Heald won. Zach Levine also gave a good uh, gave a good run for possibly being the first player to ever to win the three-point shootout and the dunk contest, which would have been pretty cool. And then we get to our first pro- first big story of the weekend was the dunk contest. Kev, did you actually watch or were you like me and you just watched every dunk on replay? I just watched the replays. So I watched every single dunk and on replay, at least for Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones. And I'm going to say this right now. If it ended regulation, 
which I thought it should have, Aaron Gordon should have won. Aaron Gordon should have won. There was no chance. Like, some of those dunks from Aaron Gordon were ridiculous. But the problem was, once it got to overtime, everyone's complaining how it was rigged. They got robbed. And the thing that bothered me the most was that the two of the judges were talking. They were just going to have it as a tie. No, somebody wins the dunk contest. What kind of soft-ass crap is that? And the Derrick Jones Jr. dunks, like the one where Aaron Gordon pushed off Taco Fall, I'm like, eh, I'm not that impressed. Yes, Taco Fall 7-5, but like he, you saw he got a little push off of him. It reminded me too much of Nate Robinson jumping over Dwight Howard, honestly. But I, I just, and then I, then the next day I watched Levine versus uh versus uh Aaron Gordon round two and one, like the highlights of those, and I was just like, oh my god, that was the greatest two dunk contests of all time. But um, <clears throat> um, also though, Derek Jones Jr. push off of Bam. When that he is true. And it I'm was, pretty sure Bam's shorter than Taco. It is. I don't know. It, it's just, it's, uh, this whole dunk contest was just weird. I mean, it was amazing. It was entertaining, but it was just like, the ending was just like, really? I thought it should end in regulation with Aaron Gordon winning. I didn't it understand what, what. It should have. Also, Bam is nine inches shorter than Taco. That's insane. But I hate Dwayne Wade. I've hated him from his playing days. I think he was a cheap, dirty player when he played. See, we have opposite opinion about Dwayne Wade, but we're not going to debate that right now. I will debate that till the cows come home. I don't want to debate that right now. <laughs> and I don't like Dwayne Wade. And I think this was a move he just wanted Derrick Jones Jr. to win because they were trying to put it to another overtime. And they that's, all agreed that's on the it. Thing that I was like, really? It's a Miami guy. It's Dwayne Wade who played with him last year. And I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. And then Dwayne Wade's like, nah. Derrick Jones Jr. wins, even though he shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the problem. I think next year they really got to make sure with the dunk contest they make guests who really have, like, no affiliation with any of the players. Or at least, like, where they're not going to, like, you know, pull this crap. Because it's like, really? You're in a professional sports, like, contest. And there's some kind of favoritism. That's not cool. What they should do is on Twitter or oh, something. Yeah. Have a fan vote for the dunk contest. Like they did back during the Dwight Howard and um, Nate Robinson dunk contest. Yeah, like they like having fan votes for the All-Star game for who's going to get in. Why not have a fan vote for the dunk contest? I mean, the, for at least the final. The judges' scores are awesome. Like, I, it's, it's, a, it's a whole – it's a cool thing. Like, that's something you always – it's like a tradition. It's cool about it. But – you got – I don't know. Just this dunk contest felt kind of odd to me. I don't know. I think they got to tweak it a little bit. But, like, the All-Star game. Man, homeboys are playing hard. Like, you had dudes jamming. You guys yelling at each other. You had Kawhi going off for it. I loved how they were trying to win the quarter. It was play a defense. Gr- play defense. It was a great setup. And I'm actually like, you know what? I'm like, this isn't bad. This isn't terrible. I could watch. I could watch this again. My favorite tweet was Ted, your boy Brewski going, hey, NBA, go fix the Pro Bowl now, please. And, I mean, he's got a point. The NBA figured this out in one season because the All-Star game used to be a joke. I used to actually rank the All-Star game below the Pro Bowl. I think it's easier, though, for the All-Star game for them to say, like, hey, play real basketball. Because even though it's in the middle of the season, with the Pro Bowl, two of the best teams every year, none of their players are going – well, and also in football, you're more likely to have a career-ending injury. 
Okay, here's the other thing is, like, go back to how it used to be. Like, I don't get why they make it the week before the Super Bowl in Orlando. I hate that idea. It was so stupid. They tried it one year. It was awful. They went back to the old format for a year, and then they went back to the pro the, the week before. Put it the week after. You know, yeah, it's going to suck. Some of the guys who are on the, uh, you know, the losing team have to go play. But you know what? It's a vacation. Bring it back to Aloha Stadium and just have it. It's, it used to be a great – it used to be fun. I used to remember getting, watching the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. It was always entertaining. It's just – one, Orlando is like the third most – the third coolest city in, in Florida. Like seriously. It's like the third best city in Florida. I would say second. Uh, yeah, I guess I, you can tie it with Tampa. I mean, no, Tampa. I think Orlando is above Tampa just because of Disney World and Universal Studios. True, true. Okay, they I, have I that going that. for them. I will give it that. But it's so also like all the players with kids. Like that's a little yeah. motivation to go. Yeah, I, the other thing is like the other thing is weird. It's like with Orlando, it's the only city in Florida that's it's the only thing the only like non like swampy bayou like kind of scary area in the middle of florida florida's terrifying to me when you get off the coast no orlando still is kind of like that just around disney isn't yeah true i mean i got i got friends who live in orlando so it's our friends who have friends who live in, friends who have family who live in orlando so they've been trying to recruit me to go in there forever and i'm like eh, i don't know unless but, you'll be in disney and universal i wouldn't yeah um yeah so all-star weekend overall i give it a seven five eight it was good Solid entertainment, not complaining at all. Uh, switching up to baseball, Kevin, I thought we put away this Astros crap. But it's what now that spring training started, it's what everyone's talking about. And we had Rob Manfred saying how he doesn't want to set a precedent for taking away the World Series. And Justin Turner being the world's biggest crybaby. But may, may I just say, as a Diamondbacks fan, it brings me so much joy that the Red Sox and the and the Strohs did this to the the, the uh, Dodgers twice. <laughs> but can I also say the Dodgers' home hitting percentage of both series was garbage, so their argument is automatically tossed out the window at that point. Um, I think this is going to be hysterical this season. I think that the amount of plunk, they're like, oh, severe fines if you plunk Astros players. Uh, what if it slips there, uh, old Robbie? Like, come on, this whole situation, I'm I'm tired of talking about it, but it's going to make MLB ratings so good. It's going to make the MLB fun this year because now you just don't have like this, the Yankees for, you know, out betting the entire league for Garrett Cole. You now have the Astros, this former team, basically being the cheater villains, and it's going to make baseball semi-entertaining. Like, I'm actually kind of excited this year just to watch a couple, maybe get a couple games on, watch a couple games at like a bar or something. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Manfred saying that he doesn't want to set oh, a I precedent. Do, I, do, I do too. Don't take away titles. It's stupid. They, were, they still had to get there. But also, I mean, that you got to have more punishment than that. Oh, suspensions, draft picks. Keep shucking them. I don't care. Do it. Like, I think the players are – they might not be all the masterminds, but the players are somewhat guilty of it. They were involved with it, so they should have to pay for it. It's It's – and then also – I love how hypocritical the Yankees are through this whole thing. Oh my god, yeah. They're really? argue like they're Yankees fans saying like, oh well, the Astros beat us in the playoffs, so we should have been able to play for the World Series. When the Yankees were doing it as well, they signed Garrett Cole, and players from the Yankees went to the or players went from the Astros to the Yankees or vice versa, 
and told their new team, hey, no, what you're doing is way far behind what everyone else is doing. Do this instead. And then they start doing it. It also goes to the whole thing that everyone, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying in baseball. But it's like at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, well, I just, the Yankees fans crack me up. They always have, it's always the same thing. It's like, oh, we're all innocent. It's like, you guys are the worst of them all. Like the steroid era, I, I swear to God, I think half of the guys on the list played for the Yankees or the Red Sox, Rangers, or Dodgers at one point. All big market teams had red guys. And it's the same thing with this, this whole cheating scandal with the stealing signs of the electronics. You know, the Yankees were one of the first to do, first to do it, and they were just in this just as much. But the like, I don't know how they're getting glossed over for this. Um, I do. Please elaborate, Kevin. They couldn't win. Ah. The Yankees, their setup right now is not to win. They, I don't think they can win with this current squad. Maybe with Jarrett Cole or Garrett Cole now. But if they had won a World Series in that time frame, they would have been in just as much trouble. Possibly so basically, the Yankees. Manfred's only chucking out the ones that the team that actually won it. So, I mean, it's yeah. it. I don't like that standard because, like, you know, the Yankees still made it within a, a pitch of the World Series. But it's also the Yankees are the MLB's golden boys. Yeah. Their players could have all been on steroids, murdering people in the streets, and they wouldn't get punished. Basically. They could have had Ray Lewis and Aaron Hernandez. Starting at the corners. Right. The second one. The first one got was acquitted, so. But, yeah, no. Actually, I, I, neither of them were found guilty. True. Well, one didn't make it to his, his verdict. The other one, yeah. you know, was found not guilty. Anyway, um, it's this whole situation is just irritating to me. I'm like, the Justin Turner comments to me crack me up because it's just – it's so – like, you know, we, we worked hard. We, 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 we deserved a shot. It wasn't fair. I'm like, you guys still hit like crap at home. They, you guys still lost at home. And it, it, like in Dodger Stadium where they couldn't really pull this stuff off. That's why it was hysterical to me. They're like, oh, we lost. I'm like, it wasn't like the Dodgers lost on like in close games against the Red Sox and Astros in those two World Series. They got their butt kicked. And it's hysterical. And it's, it's also... It's also not like it was a 4-2 series where the Dodgers blew them out at home and then lost on the road. Or 4 Yeah, 4-3. Yeah, no, I get you. And I, this is this show, so the Dodgers, the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. They, you know, best, you know, the like the big money, the West, like, you know, the, I, they're not the Yankees, but they're like that secondary brand. But they complain like they, the, the complaining to me is just hysterical. It's typical Dodgers. This is also coming from an, a Diamondbacks fan who despises the blue and white. So it's just like how much Kevin hates the Red Sox, about the equal amount of hatred. I mean, not the Red Sox, the Yankees. Oh, well, it's getting to the point where it's the Red Sox. <laughs> yes, Kevin. I, I, Kevin has been tra- – well, we have Steve Peralt coming on next week. And, I, I Kevin, I'm going to have to tell both of you before we go on air, like you can only bitch about the Red Sox for 10 minutes total between the two of you. Ugh. So, you know what we'll do, Kev? You come on Xbox on Friday, we'll crack open a couple beers, and you'll get half your bitching out then. So by the time Steve comes on on Tuesday or Wednesday, we, you know, everything's kind of calmed down. We can talk a little baseball, we can do some division previews, some guys we're excited to see going forward, maybe a surprise team we're looking at, like stuff like that. So, but here's the thing. If I get half my bitching out on Friday on Xbox, I will then still have four hours left to bitch 
So what you do is you tell Steve, I need a bottle of whiskey. Shout out to Kev's dad, Stone Cold Steve. Um, I need a bottle of whiskey, a cigar, and we're going to take two lawn chairs and we're going to bitch about the Red Sox for two hours. Listen, one time I sat down with my with my dad. We had some beers. And I complained about the Eagles when they had Chip Kelly for about 20 minutes. It, it works. Uh, it's, you know, unlike you, my, my team's only won one World Series. I'm used to them being absolute garbage. I'm used to them having crappy GMs. The first time we don't have a crappy GM and we somehow have a plan, even though last year everyone called me crazy for saying that they're on the right track and they're not rebuilding. They're just reloading. And everyone's like, no, Jerry, they suck. And I'm like, there's a lot of talent on that roster. Everyone's just overlooking because they don't have star power. But I also did not think Cattell Marte was going to shoot up to be one of the best players in baseball in one year. But, you know, that's just baseball for you. Um, I'm just. But it's the Red Sox. I know it's the Red Sox. Why aren't they paying their best homegrown talent at Dude, least? I, I feel horrible for – I have buddies besides you who are Red Sox fans. My own father, half my family are Red Sox fans. And I feel bad for the first time in my life for Red Sox fans. Usually I despise you guys because you're almost as bad as Yankees fans. But the thing is, I can't I, – I, I feel horrible. Your GM's a moron. Your owner is too concerned with a failing newspaper – how are you this bad? Like, I just pay Mookie think... Betts. He, yeah, he's 27 years old. You get four or five more years out of him, and you ship him off to San Diego. It's what happens in baseball. It's I not don't think their GM's bad, field. by the way. What? what? I don't think their GM's bad. Okay. I think he he's was cheap. hired being told, get rid of Mookie, cut salary. So it's basically John Henry being a cheap bastard. Yeah, pretty much. He's too worried about, like you said, a dying newspaper, a subpar soccer team. Actually, Liverpool might be doing well now. I don't care. I'm American. A NASCAR. He doesn't care about the fans. Yeah, he doesn't. And this is what the worst part is, is like, it's, this, it's you know, Boston, I can see this happening now. The Red Sox, I hope to God they don't turn into the Knicks, where their owner doesn't give a crap about the team. He just gives a crap about making the paychecks. No, because I think... I think John Henry is smarter than James Dolan. Oh, yeah, John, no, that's true. I think I'm smarter than James Dolan. And that's I think totally John Henry realizes that by winning, you make more money, so you, like, have to spend on the team. But when now he alleviates everything. He's won enough now. He knows that he doesn't have to. People need to stop buying tickets because they keep raising prices even though they're trading their best homegrown talent. One of the most popular players in Boston right now for the Red Sox fans – was Brock Holt. Not that great, obviously. He was a utility guy. But people loved him. Dude hit for the cycle in the playoffs. He's a really great guy. His son Griff's adorable. And people loved him. And he's in Milwaukee now because the Red Sox wouldn't pay him. It's it's this old it's a cycle, man. Like for me, I only get to see my team live maybe twice a year. I get to see him on TV eight times a year max. And I I can't say for me as a guy, I don't live in Phoenix. I mean, it'd be great to live in Phoenix, except for the dry heat. But I'd go to, I'd have season tickets, man. I'd be at a D-backs game every night. But the thing is, for the way I look at it from your situation, I get what you're saying. Homegrown guys. So, for like, first of all, like Marte, I remember the trade we got him, and he stayed in the minors for two years. Um, Like, when we lost Goldschmidt to the, the Cardinals, man, I was... Like, it's like how you guys lose in Mookie. I wanted to rip my hair out. I'm like, why? And I understood why we traded him because the Yasmini Tomas deal basically bankrupt us for a season. But so the Granky contract. But it's 
this is the problem. This is the thing with baseball. It's like a, a lot with the no salary cap. Teams have to be really teams can get in these holes. So I'm I really want to try to understand. Like I don't know who's going to win the World Series this year. I don't have any idea because the Yankees. I swear to God, they have their bullpens guard. Their bullpen and their starting rotation balances off. They're not going to be able to get past teams in the AL, in the AL. At the same time, if the Brewers can stay healthy, I don't know. So it's going to be crazy. We'll talk more about that with Steve Peralt. Okay, you ready to switch over? Get get your mind off baseball for a little. We'll talk NFL. I guess. All right, so it is no secret, ladies and gents, that Stefan Diggs is, um, you know, not happy in Minnesota. Clearly, Thielen's the number one guy. Talent-wise, Diggs is better. Don't, or don't, quote, don't argue with me on that. Don't at me. It, Diggs is a superior player. Kirk Cousins is, is refusing to uh, throw – just doesn't throw him the ball enough. Some teams I've I've heard he's been linked – like have that have interest in him. I've seen New England. I've even seen Philly. I, 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 there's a ton of contenders. The list goes on and on and on. Our former co-host, Savannah Dean, even said, hey, he could go to the – I think he's going to the Packers. Savannah, we love you. We're excited for your new podcast, which I'll be a part of. And I will shut you down on this in your podcast too. But that's like saying that the Cowboys would trade Zeke Elliott to the Eagles. It's not happening. There's a certain unwritten rule in football. You rarely ever see rivals trade each other players. Unless it's the Patriots picking on the Jets. Am I wrong? No. Yeah, exactly. So we're just going to put that there. It would be cool to see Diggs on a team with a quarterback who actually has an arm or actually has intelligence. Or not not intelligence. Arm strength. Sorry. I mean, arm accuracy. Because Kirk Cousins is an intelligent human being, but he just, you know, I think he might need LASIK surgery like Jameis Winston does. Even though now, Kevin, I don't think we'll ever see him break the interception record ever now because he got his eyes fixed. Don't never doubt the vibe. Never doubt. Ke- I, Kevin's f- favorite horrible player is James Winston. For those of you just joining us for the first time, um, couple other news. Uh, Nigel Bradon, of course, got cut for Philadelphia yesterday. Eagles linebacker, Super Bowl hero. Uh, guys, I'm gonna set, tell you guys a little inside secret. Um. Alshon Jeffrey won't be an Eagle next year. You heard, uh, you may have not heard. You, it's not like you heard it here first because like it's been said on a couple stations and a couple rumors already. But there's like a whole thing going around right now that apparently Jeffrey has been disgruntled. They're trying to actually find. There's a buyout clause in his contract where if he does anything where he like it's like it's like you know bashing the team, being disgruntling, being disruptive. Philadelphia can cut him without having to owe him any guaranteed money going forward. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'll try to move him first. Like maybe see if like the Jets, if we can muster up some super deal to get maybe a safety. Uh, Jamal Adams. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, there's well, a 0% chance the Jets I can trade I can, hope, I can hope for it, but it's not going to happen. But like maybe move Jeffrey for a couple picks. I don't know. Just do something with the guy. He's, he's Craig Capital, even if he's a deadbeat loser. Like, the dude – and it's like – I was trying to tell my buddy the other day. He's a Cowboys fan. And I said to him, like, listen – and he goes, well, you guys aren't cheap in Jeffrey? I'm like, no. The only receiver – the only three receivers we're keeping off of this class that we have the guys we ended the season with are Greg Ward, who's replacing Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, because he's one more year left. We're not going to cut the guy if he's basically going to retire after this contract. And he's still one of the top five fastest guys in the league. And um, what's his face? Ortega Whiteside, because he's under contract with us for two more years. I mean, if he has another, if he has a Mac Hollins regression, 
yes, we'll cut him. But I think Philadelphia's one is going to go after Kev's boy, Henry Ruggs. Or they might, I've also heard they'll tra- they might trade up to get Lamb or Judy if one of them falls past 10. I could see both of them falling past 10 because apparently everyone wants a damn quarterback now. I've even seen Jordan Love go as high as 15, which is crazy to me. Oh, by the way, guys, I will be uh, tweeting, I will be putting out my first mock draft day one of the comp, um, uh, the, after the final day of the combine. So, Gary, if I've already done a couple, I wish I could just share them like with the links so you guys could look at them. I'm going to have to check into that because then I do one like every, every week. But, um, yeah, my first one, I wanted, I had Kev's boys taking a, a tackle, but that's back when I thought that your boy Brady was going to be there at the, at the Patriots. So now we transition to our final NFL topic. As I Kevin, can't talk about the other ones. Oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Kev. I'm so used to having to talk about myself and then having a comment at the end. So, Kev, take it away. Uh, first off, Packers fans, shut up. Not we have about Diggs, just in general. We have just stop talking, fans. No one cares about the Packers. Um, he's not Diggs is not going to Green Bay unless you give them two firsts and like Aaron Jones, and they don't even need a running back. That would just be the Packers telling you, telling that would be the Vikings telling the Packers, hey, shut up, you're not getting them. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's Twitter, man. It, <laughs> Packers, if I were Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. When I heard about that buyout clause, I would just next day, hey, I, I want him to have a press conference. Howie Roseman's an idiot and he sucks. Just to get out of there. He's not gonna do, listen. The dude got his contract and then sucked. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words about it. It's he like his product and like he he's he him and like the worst part is the story I heard with with Jeffrey was. And this is this are multiple reports about this. So Carson Wentz, you know, how every quarterback will fly his receivers out to like some kind of vacation. It's like kind of a big, it's like a tradition. All the quarterbacks do it. So last year, Wentz bought a big house in Houston for him and his wife Maddie, and you know their daughter who should be coming sometime in the off season. Congratulations to Carson and Maddie, by the way. Um, so you know, I flew him out to Houston, and the only person, the only receiver who didn't show up, even Deshaun Jackson, who just you know lost his friend, like. Two months earlier, Nipsey Hussle, childhood friends, by the way. I found that insane how they grew up in basically the same neighborhood and around the same age. Deshaun Jackson made it. You know, Matt Collins was there. Both all the three, all the tight ends were there. You had Nelson Aguilar and his lack, but his hands weren't there, but at least he was. Um, Mac, uh, what's it? Greg Ward was there. A couple of more other practice squad guys. And Arthago Whiteside. The only person who wasn't there, Kevin, was Alshon Jeffrey. Carson sent him the ticket, paid for it. Alshon never showed up. And I think it's all – there's a couple things. I think Alshon was liked Foles better, no question, because Foles would stare down Jeffrey. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the film of all the games Foles played in with Jeffrey. Foles would basically stare him down. And when he – unless he was double covered, he would try to just force the ball in there. I mean, Jeffrey's such a big receiver, he would make a lot of those catches. He's a great route runner. He's a big guy. But Wentz is more of a ball distributor, and everyone goes, oh, he threw to – Jared, he threw to Carson Ertz a record last year. Like it was like 124 receptions because Ertz was the only one that was open quick enough. That offensive line was struggling last year and Jeffrey wasn't separating. They needed a deep threat and Alshon wasn't helping. So good riddance. Get that bum out of here. Take my number 17 off his jersey. Give it to a receiver who cares. Have rugs wear 17. 
or Judy or Lamb. They're all going to produce more. Or even this kid from Colorado whose name I can't pronounce. I also don't think Ruggs is going to Philly. That was my last point. Why? What do you think he's going higher? Where's Philly picking? 21. Oh, no. No, Ruggs is definitely getting taken before that. You sit, You really think so? Yes. Who do you think is taking him before that? Um, Going through the list quickly, Denver, unless they trade back. Um, Denver's going to probably get CeeDee Lamb, though. It depends. If the Colts get... Also, free, the Colts, agency will, free agency will flip this on a nose, too. Yeah, I can. the Colts don't need a quarterback right now. I mean, they that, that's like what the primary need was when they were talking to the press. But they might go yeah. get uh, – they they, they're in the running for Phillip Rivers, apparently. Yeah, but if, if Tua, Herbert, and Burrow are all gone – Yeah, which they will be. Yeah, so I think they'll just get weapons. Or they trade back to go get Eason or Love. If they're not sold on either of them, though, um, the Jets might take a tackle but still get a weapon, too. They need help in the passing game. Also, you're also ignoring the fact that they might, the Eagles might not trade up, too, which they've done the past, like, three years. It's what they do. Uh, now I'm saying – I'm just saying we'll, we'll, we'll see as it gets closer because if Ruggs runs like a record 40 time at the at the uh, combine, which Kev has kind of said he might, uh, were, and they, they even said it when they were – I think it was Greg Cosell was on the herd and he was like saying, yeah, this guy may break the 40 time record. He's that fast. And I didn't realize it until I'm watching the LSU-Alabama game and I saw him blow by two NFL first-round picks like they were just jogging next to him. So I, I the biggest thing though, I want to see T Higgins and CD Lamp 40s because I have no problem not getting uh, Higgins um, rugs if Higgins runs a four a four four because he's six five and he's got Mike Williams size a six four six five he's got Mike Williams size but he's got better separation skills. I'm all for that, especially a, a big receiver like that. Maybe go get a, a short speed guy in the second round, or go maybe go get Roddy Anderson from New York, which we apparently have been rumored to go after. I don't know. As as there's a lot of different options, so if we don't get rugs, I'm not gonna you know cry my eyes out. So yeah. Um, last thing, CBA news before we t- do a little XFL last call. Um, Kevin, you saw what they were going. Kevin, you uh, want to take the lead at least on the marijuana news? Yes, according to the new two reports, the new CBA is asking for marijuana testing to be lessened, but also the punishments to be less severe. Which I'm totally for. It's legal in like seven states now. Or I am not for that. I hate that. I hate they're asking for less testing and less severe punishments. I don't um, want to test at all. Oh, I'm. Oh, so you want more? You don't want more than what they're asking. Don't punish for it. Now, look, if they show up to a press conference, give a joke press conference because they're high, yeah, punish them for that. They get arrested for marijuana possession in a state where it's illegal. Fine, punish them for that. Do not punish them for smoking marijuana. These guys are putting their bodies on the line every week. Yeah. And, oh, congrats, you're going to fine them and suspend them half a year without pay? Great, you're just getting them more addicted to opioids. And so I was going to make the same point. It's 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 a system that's got to be fixed, and it's and it's not even just the NFL. 
there's a lot of things like this where like the effects, the positive effects of marijuana are starting to come out even with just CBD itself. And it's an outdated system. These painkillers, they got to go. The opioids, opioids got to go. So now look, is marijuana perfectly healthy? No, there are issues with it. Just like there are issues with any drug Mm -hmm. are, can it impact maybe some of the younger players whose brains aren't fully developed yet because the brain stops developing at 25? Yeah, possibly. Is it better than Percocets, Valium, Xanax, whatever else they're prescribing? A hell of a lot better. Yes. NFL, it's 2020. Figure it out. Yeah. Protect your players. If not just because they're human beings, protect them because they're an investment. If that oh. will get you to open your eyes. Exactly. Because the NFL sees dollar signs a lot as much as they do see players. I mean, it's it's also the most profitable sports league in the in America. So, um, I also think though it's it is a good positive step in the right direction. The other thing on that, which is interesting, Kev. Is there at there's now a real possibility we could have seven teams from each conference make it three wild card teams, only one team gets a bye. I like this a lot because there's been a couple of years where you have a really hot team who just doesn't make it just because just because you know they may have had a rough start and they finished the season a game back, but it, it you know it was um. It was Philly in uh, the Dream Team year. I think it was uh, 2010, you, the year the Giants won, or 11. You had uh, 2011. 2011. You had the Bucks a couple years. I think it was 08. The Bucks were 9 and 7, but they missed the playoffs. 16 um, Bucks too. Yeah, 16 Bucks too. Um, you had uh, the 08 Patriots were yes, 11 and 5. The 08 Patriots. Yeah, but you of all people should know this. 11 and 5 Patriots. It, it it goes on and on and on. There, it, this is perfect. It, I it is. hate. It. You hate this? I hate it. I love it. You know why? Because it's gonna make busting your ass for that number one seed even more, more impressive. Yes. And the other thing is why I like this is that you're gonna have a possibility, like another Tennessee Titans story. Like maybe the team with a young quarter. Let's say let's say for some all intents and purposes that. Let's say um, this is what I actually have in the draft. Let's say Herbert goes to the Chargers, and they're like nine and seven. They're the they're the last seed in the playoffs, and they're the seventh seed in the AFC. And they take on the two seed. Let's just say um, two seed Titans. Let's say the Titans, you know, figure out a, a play great like next year. They're the two seed behind the Chiefs, and they the walk Titans. in. I, I don't know, man. I, Ravens. Ravens. Chiefs, I don't know. Okay, fine. okay, let's say Ravens. Let's just say the Ravens. All right, let's just say the Chargers go to Baltimore. Rematch of two last year's playoffs. And Eason doesn't light – no, not Eason. Um, Herbert lights it up, and it's a shootout, and, you know, last-second field goal, Chargers win. Now you have the seventh seed. Now you have chaos. It's already great because there's a one-game urgency, but now you have teams – of fans of teams that are like you know nine and seven and they still have a shot and if you in it's not as bad as it used to be where like if you're a solid nine and seven team maybe you had one bad injury and it kind of screwed you for a couple games but there's one conference there's one division where there's like you know two teams that are twelve and four you could still sneak into the playoffs as a wild card team and not have to worry about that I love this I completely I, I'm all for it I hate it for multiple reasons. other teams what'd you say I hate it for multiple reasons. All right, shoot. One, the Dream Team Eagles might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. 
Oh, yeah, they were hysterical. That team could not stop the run. I, and I'm not trying to make fun of you. I just think it would be hyster. It's going to be hysterical again when another team does this and they still miss the playoffs. That's well, what I want. That team won like five straight going to the end. They were beating playoff teams by a lot. The problem was is that they didn't, they didn't start clicking until it was too late. But that's the NFL for you. Two, another reason why I hate this. You say that it's going to cause like a nine and seven upset or uh, like a the team that had an injury or an 11 and five or a 12 and four team who was second in their division because of division records. I see it the other way. Let's say the Chargers go into Baltimore in your scenario with a rookie quarterback. Nine yeah. and seven at a decent year. Uh, they get blown out by 30 points. So they get blown out. Just another playoff game. More often than not, that's what's going to happen. It's going to cause more blowouts. Well, here's the thing. If it doesn't work this way, they have to do a new CBA in four or five years anyway. It's not like this is permanent. I think for the next couple of years, also, Kev, play the, the wild, card, wild card weekend's always fun anyway. Like, playoff football's the best. Now we're going to have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Uh, I, I don't see a problem weekend. with that. What? I hate wild card weekend. Well, you hate it because you hadn't had to watch. You didn't have to watch it for like ten years. Then you had to watch it for once, and your team loses. Yep. But also, there's another reason, a more sinister thing behind this that I think. The cow was to get in more. The NF part probably. The yeah. NFL was pushing for an 18 game schedule, and everyone was like, "No, this is stupid. More players are going to get injured." This is a way to appease the NFL. Say, "Hey, we don't want an 18 game schedule, but we'll add another playoff game." I don't like anything. That is done to appease the NFL. Oh, no, I agree with that. Hey, Roger, we're not going to do 18 games. We'll add a play. No, don't give Roger what he wants. It's going to come back to bite in the ass. Kevin has a very strong hatred of Roger Goodell. Yeah, he's an idiot. I could do better at his job. I actually would love to see you as NFL commissioner. I would just hope you'd hire me me for the media department. Look, the... It, Roger Goodell is fine in terms of what the owners want. He's getting them more money. But the punishments are ridiculous. What he pushes for is ridiculous. An 18-game schedule, Roger, shut up. The 18-game schedule is stupid. I, 17, maybe. But I just – it's I, – I, the 16 game, the 17 weeks, it's, it, it, it's tried, it's true, it works – I could the I've oh I've kind of been pushing for a a, a third pl- wild card team. I like the idea at least to try it out. This is it's good because you know everyone goes hard in playoff games anyway. This is you're going to see a lot more teams like at the end of the season in contention, which is what the teams want a lot better ratings in week 17. Which generally in week 17 most of the games suck. Now you're going to have teams busting out to try to make sure they get that last roster spot. I see a lot of chaos. I think it could be fun. I also see a lot of injuries. What? I also see a lot of injuries coming from this. Maybe, maybe not. I also saw injuries were down last year, except for a couple of uh, bad ones on my team. So injuries are down finally, so you're going to add more games to get them back up? We'll see what happens, Kev. We can't control it. (laughs) You can't control it by not adding stupid, unnecessary games. We can't control it. But I mean, if you're talking to Roger directly, sure. I just hate Roger Goodell. That's the thesis of what I just said. I hate Roger Goodell. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I was waiting for you to say that. All right. Speaking of talks, let's kick out some jazz. So, that weird shit. Oh, wait, you have one tonight? Yeah. 
All right. We had some weird shit. Pause the jazz. Uh, I want to bring to light a man by the name of Orestes Mini Minoso. Say that four times fast. Nicknamed the Cuban Comet and Mr. White Sox. The anniversary of his death is in a couple weeks. It was He died March 1st, 2015. Do you know what's special about this man? No. He is the only player to appear in seven decades of baseball. Holy mother. He started his career in 1947, I believe, in the MLB. Nope, sorry, 1947 in a Negro League, 1949 in the MLB. Started with the Cleveland Indians, played for a while with the White Sox. And in 1980, he appeared for the White Sox, got a single, oldest player to get a single. It was a publicity stunt, though. Oh, I, oh. You might be saying, though, Kevin, that's only four decades. He made more appearances. In the 90s, he appeared for the St. Paul Saints, I believe, looking for that right now. Yes, the St. Paul Saints, a minor league team, did that in the 90s. Then in 2003, he once again appeared for the Saints and got a walk at the wonderful age of 77. Jesus. Thus appearing professionally, he also had an appearance in, no, that would be 80s, 90s, 2000s. So he is the oldest player to make an appearance, but also the only player to appear in seven different decades in professional baseball. That's insane. What a guy. We also talk about, like, you know, Vince Carter, four different decades playing basketball, but this is just even crazier. I'm not the oldest basketball player ever. I know. Um, Nat Hickey, I think, is that designation. Yeah, 42 years old. Right? When he appeared, he was... 46. Uh, wow. He was a coach for the Providence Steamrollers and inserted himself into the game. He was like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to play. And played one shift at the age of 46 in wow. 1948. There you go. Sports in America, guys. All right. Speaking of wild, crazy sports in America, Kev, it's time for that smooth jazz. We talking to XFL. All right, so me and Kevin have already announced our affiliations. I, of course, will be rooting for the New York Guardians. Kev is the Blackhawks. I'm Battlehawks. We are actually going to go go to that game in March in New York at MetLife. Kevin, just try not to just put on some extra sanitizer when you go. I know it's a dirty, dirty, awful place. Um, I hate MetLife too. And both I'm sure it has that suit. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to too. I, the last, the only two NFL games I've ever seen have been at MetLife. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I love the XFL. I ex- I watched probably watched five or six games now. Even when my team's not playing, it's still entertaining. Um, it's you know it's not NFL football, but I think they got this right. Like you know everyone remembers how last year I was all about the AAF. I'm like oh this is fun, this is cool, but the AAF sucked because I could never find it. And the worst part was. Uh, it was just the most random teams. And also the funding just felt, it just felt sketchy. This feels right. I mean, I'm also trying to kiss butt a little bit so I can get, I, I can finally get some of those applications the XFL pushed through um, since their home office is literally 45 minutes from my house. It's a gr- I love the, it looks fun. It's football. My, it's basically minor league football, but 
it's because you know if you get a couple of these teams who play well, guys, teams, players who play well, they get NFL contracts, and oh look, now you have a system that might actually work. There's only about two XFL guys who actually scored a touchdown this year. I think one of them was on the Eagles with Greg Ward. So I am honestly up for this completely. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that the playoffs, I'm excited for it. I love the rules. I think the NFL is probably going to steal a couple from them. And uh, uh, and the uh, D.C. defenders suck. That's my last comment. Guy even kept? I love the XFL. Oh, I do too. They um, they actually had their attendance went up between week one and two, which is a good sign. That is a very good sign because the AAF it went from okay to ouch. Yeah, now it's going from like okay-ish to just okay, and now I think it's gonna keep getting better. I think we might actually have a sellout by week like nine or ten. Maybe not sell, but like a sellout for like the size they expect. Because you're not gonna yeah. sell some some of these stadiums are smaller. Not all of them are playing in a full stadium like MetLife, but I mean, I mean, like Audi Field, the soccer stadiums are playing in, maybe. Like uh, Savannah posted a picture of like how big the stadium was when she was there with uh, to go see the Defenders, and she and it, it didn't look like a, a massive. It looked like what the Chargers were playing in. Yeah, the Chargers were playing in a soccer stadium. Exactly. So there you go. It's. I think it'll work. I honestly think that this whole thing will work. And I think it's going to be a great kind of minor league system for football. And, you know, you're going to have guys who maybe couldn't struggle. It's going to also, you know what it's going to do? It's going to make the guys who couldn't hit it during training camp and get drafted. The next year they play in the XFL, and it seems like, oh, that guy can ball. Let me invite him to training camp. Like you might start seeing just like a whole list of XFL invites to certain NFL. As long as the XFL doesn't try to, like, you know, take on the NFL, which I think is a smart thing not to do. No, not like last time. Or was that the USFL? That was that was Don that was Donnie Diesel in the USFL. It was the USFL. All right. Oh, that was a mistake. Oh, totally. I watched the thirty for thirty. It was awful. It was just, it was like watching the Titanic sink. No, uh, the XFL's genius. Playing smaller stadiums make it look more crowded. You know, like the chugging of the Bud Light seltzers after games is perfect. I love it. What team is that? Uh, that'd be the Battlehawks. It and is also, Battlehawks. I didn't remember who was and, that. And then also the um, Houston Roughnecks do it too. Yes, because I remember I saw um, Landry Jones when their coach, I forget his name. Is, is but also Landry Jones, man. We all remember him from OU. He was a wild animal. So he, the coach was talking after the game, and you just see him stand there, start chugging a seltzer or a beer while his coach is talking. I actually kind of want to try those Bud Light seltzers. I mean, I, I like the Natty Light ones. I know you're a fan of the Claws. There ain't no laws. You know what I'm saying. Ke- yeah, Kevin, the white claw aficionado. I, we, there was enough white claw cans in our, in our recycling bin on vacation from you, buddy. Oh, it was a great time. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, come on. Where else am I going to get a chance to hit your head against a pillar? No. Oh, yeah, don't. So my dad doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> I also like Twisted Teas. Twisted Tea sponsor Twisted us. Twisted Tea sponsor us. Seriously, we've been trying to get you to sponsor us. We'll keep tagging. We'll tag you in every podcast, every tweet. We'll hashtag Twisted Tea, hashtag sponsor us until you do it. This is a this promise. podcast is unofficially brought to you by Twisted Tea because that's the only thing that got me through college. Honestly, I've had a. I, I like drinking Twisted Teas on when I'm watching the NFL draft, so I will second that. 
What's it's the, a nice low-key drink. It is. It's better than Spike Arnold. I, I I had Spike Arnold Palmer. I'm like, oh, this is no, no, it's not. It ruined it for me. It ruined Arnold Palmer for me. I've had one since. Um, as my friend used to call them, tweeze. A lot of people do, but that's where I heard it. Tweeze. They don't punch you in the mouth. It's just a nice, smooth, relaxing drink. And they sneak up on you. Yeah, it's great. It's a good time. Twisted right, T sponsor. Twisted T, we want to be sponsored by you. We will keep tweeting, tagging you in this to sponsor us. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We'll catch you guys next week with Mr. Steve Peralt. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.